Everyone's suddenly talking about Facebook. That's it. I'm done with Facebook. I would say I'm done with letting people just take my data. Are you really that surprised that your information is being used to sway your votes, to manipulate your tastes? We're learning more about Cambridge Analytica and its mining of data on millions of Americans for political purposes. According to The Guardian, the firm harvested personal data from U.S. voters without permission. The company, which was headed at the time by former Trump advisor Steve Bannon, has since been suspended from Facebook. Do you honestly think that it's just a coincidence that when you post a picture of you and your friends checking in at a hamburger joint, two days later, you're actually getting an ad for that same hamburger joint? It was a gross, grossly unethical experiment because you are playing with an entire country, the psychology of an entire country without their consent or awareness. And not only are you like playing with the psychology of, of an entire nation, you're playing with the psychology of an entire nation in the context of the democratic process. Do you really think it's a coincidence that when you rant about politics on Facebook, suddenly you're getting links to pages that only support your point of view? Do people know what data is being gathered? How is it being used? How do, pe how do Facebook police third-party organizations using it? And when there's been a breach in the data rules, does Facebook really have the power to get that data back? I'm Kim Commando, America's number one digital pro. And I have to tell you, I've probably produced thousands of articles and podcasts and news articles about internet privacy. And I thank you for listening and I thank you for reading. And a lot of you are downloading my podcasts. I see the statistics. And thanks to you, I'm the number one downloaded and listened to tech host in the United States of America. And still, some of you are shocked that Cambridge Analytica and Facebook allegedly manipulated you. You're suddenly outraged that this multi-billion dollar organization like Facebook shares information that you posted online in trust and confidence. Well, maybe it's time for another crash course on internet privacy. The fact that this worked in such a, a powerful way that it went from, you know, a few hundred thousand people to 50 million people means that all of those connections, people were basically leaving themselves wide open. It is a wake up call for Facebook users about their lives on this social platform. Getting to know you. After years of secretly monitoring the public, we were astounded. So many people would willingly publicize where they lived, their religious and political views, an alphabetized list of all their friends, personal email addresses, phone numbers, hundreds of photos of themselves, uh, and even status updates about what they were doing moment to moment. It is truly a dream come true for the CIA. They can determine almost everything about you, including your gender, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation, just for starters. So now using new algorithms developed by Cambridge and Microsoft, using data from nearly 60,000 profiles, your Facebook likes can tell them all the things about you. Cambridge Analytica used surveys and a number of other tactics. They then used machine learning and big data analytics to build profiles about voters. They also exploited some of the worst tendencies of voters. Both sides want your data. When I say both sides, that's the Democrats and Republicans, the deep state. I just want to say, you have no data that's secure. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. No None data whatsoever. that's secure.
When Chris Wiley, the former research director at Cambridge Analytica, admitted that they exploited Facebook to harvest our profiles and they built models to exploit what they knew about us by targeting our inner demons. Those are his exact words, by the way. Facebook users started abandoning the ship as if they didn't know. You have to realize that when you get 100 likes on a post, someone outside your inner circle is taking notes. Now, according to the press, our honeymoon with social media is officially over. Now, listen, I know that some of you are hurt, but when you post a picture of whatever, it more or less belongs to Facebook and they can pretty much do with it what they want. Maybe you didn't think about that when you first signed up, but now the chicken has totally come home to roost. This means that if you posted a picture of you in your underwear, say 10 years ago, it's out there, it's available somewhere, no matter what your privacy settings are. So the question is, to what extent can companies and people use our picture? Can we actually get our privacy back? Can we rescue all of our personal data and our photos? Can we totally take back control of our profiles? And did Cambridge Analytica really breach their agreement with Facebook and harvest our data in order to sway the presidential vote? Now, we still enjoy social media, but what can we do to protect ourselves? Well, you want to crank up the volume, folks. You're about to get the inside scoop from internet security lawyers, risk management pros, and it's all coming up on this week's Commando On Demand podcast. So stay right where you are. As I've been going through my listener email the last week, a lot of people are asking the question, why? Why would anyone be interested in your life to the point where they're spending billions of dollars trying to actually get to know you? Well, to answer this question, let's talk about power. Here's power for you. We Are Social published a report just a few months ago. And did you know that there are over, wow, the number's just astounding, 2.1 billion active users on Facebook? That means almost a third of the people in the entire world have given their personal profile and identities over to Facebook. And that means Cambridge Analytica and all their associated apps can access your data if they want to. Now, based on your likes and emojis, they pretty much have your entire psychological and financial profile all documented. Not to mention your entire dating history back to the Stone Age. They know what makes you tick and they know when you're awake. They know if you've been bad or good, kind of like Santa Claus. But if you're good for goodness sake, the only gift you get is very, very targeted advertising and marketing. The dark side to all of this is that they can now use your information to gain political power. Politicians are now sold like products. I'm sure you noticed that. Because most people don't bother researching their next presidential choice, they're happy to believe whatever the media tells them. So is this whole privacy rights mess our fault? Or are platforms like Cambridge Analytica and Facebook to blame? Well, let's find out. This is a good time to enter a roundtable discussion with Jonathan Silva. Jonathan specializes in enterprise risk management, information security, and data privacy. He's an expert operational risk analyst, skilled in also government intelligence and law enforcement. He's served in the military for 10 years in both intel and emergency crisis management. So Jonathan has it going on. And Jonathan, I'm so glad you could make it. Thank you for your service, by the way. Thank you for having me. We've pretty much covered your past. So what exactly are you doing now? 
Currently, I work for a financial firm as a privacy liaison and information security officer. Sitting across the table and across the nation from me is attorney Rafael Perez, owner of the Bricknell IP Group. Rafael's expertise is in patent, copyright, trademark, web, social media regulation, and property acquisition agreements. He's earned his Doctor of Law from George Washington University, a Master's of Science from John Hopkins University. He's a former in-house counsel for IBM Software Group and for the NSA's Information Security Section. Every time I read people's accomplishments like this, I totally feel like a loser. Uh, Raphael, thanks for being here. Thank you, Kim. So I just read all your qualifications, but briefly, tell us what you do. I am an attorney specializing in information technology and intellectual property law. What I do, I litigate claims related to the theft of confidential information, advise clients on data privacy and security laws, and I assist with the drafting of terms of use and privacy notices for websites. Currently, I own my own law firm based out of Miami, Florida. And you have something really interesting in your past. Please share that with us. Before entering the legal field, I worked for the NSA as an engineer with the Information Security Branch, and I used my engineering and computer programming skills to assist with the safeguarding of the nation's highly confidential and classified information. So let's just get right to it. Both Cambridge Analytica and Facebook are saying, hey, we didn't do anything wrong, not to each other, not to the public, nothing. We were completely justified in harvesting people's personal data. So first of all, Jonathan, in a nutshell, what exactly is harvesting? How would you explain that? So to put it in the easiest terms or in summary, data harvesting is when a small script, which is also known as a malicious bot, is used to automatically extract large amounts of data from websites and use it for other purposes than what they originally collected it for. People think they're giving away information for just one purpose. But as I know and you know, it turns out it's being used for a completely different purpose. That's correct. Let's dig a little bit deeper into that, Raphael. Well, Kim, the first thing to notice here is that both companies are being very careful with their choice of words regarding the alleged quote-unquote harvesting of personal data. The term harvesting can have different meanings. But in general, harvesting can refer to the use of a computer program, let's say the Facebook app, to extract data from human readable output coming from another program. It's like a second party app or program that has been given or has purchased the rights to our personal information. I get it. I don't like it, but I do understand it. Now, how does that get Cambridge Analytica or Facebook in trouble legally? From a strictly legal standpoint, there's a possibility that Cambridge may be held liable for interference with a contractual relationship between Facebook and the application developer. Because Facebook, uh, in the data policy that they apply to developers, Facebook prohibits the app developer from selling or licensing the user data to third parties. Cambridge is found to interfere with that agreement. They, they could be held liable. Now, Again, strictly from a legal standpoint, the Federal Trade Commission, they could potentially initiate an investigation to ascertain or figure out whether Facebook's data policy provided proper notice to the public regarding how the data that is collected will be used, which could actually result in Facebook being fined by the FTC. 
It's really going to be interesting to see how that all turns out. But you know, we all sign these privacy agreements when we join Facebook. We may not read them, but we do agree to them. What is it that we are agreeing to in a basic sense? Facebook can record access to information through things that are shared, likes, and actually do uh, a lot of that when you're not even locked in. So there's kind of a lot more going on in the background that you could be agreeing to that you don't know. I have to tell you, Jonathan, I've been warning people about this for so many years. Facebook is fun, but their privacy agreement is really, really long. And I don't think people know what they're agreeing to when they actually sign it. Absolutely not. I don't know of a single person that actually takes the time to read, uh, and I actually counted the number of pages. It's a 15-page document. That's only their data policy. The terms of use is about a six-page document. So overall, spending time reading 21 pages of legalese is something that probably not even attorneys do. Right. I know most of us have always seen these large privacy agreements. Um, and I'd, I'd also like to say that Facebook's privacy policy specifically is over 8,000 words, and I'm definitely lowballing it. Uh, you know, an everyday user who signs on to a number of different applications and they just accept these privacy policies to upgrade their phone or other terms and conditions most likely isn't sitting down to read the entire policy. With that said, in your opinion, having not looked at the case files. Do you think that Cambridge and Facebook did anything wrong, or did we the people just give away our rights to all of our privacies? I think it's kind of a mixture of both. You know, we're in the, the new age of information and it's growing at an exponentially large rate. And the privacy laws, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, really aren't keeping up with these changes. There's a lot of things going on overseas with the GDPR, which is the general privacy regulation going on in the EU. I feel that the United States is next. So but Facebook gives the option to make your profile private or uh, on the other end, all public. Someone may not even have a Facebook account actually, and they can obtain that information through different web applications, games, or frequently visited websites. Personally, I feel like Facebook did a decent job at explaining in their privacy policy how your data may be used. But with that also being said, it's very vague in some areas. Okay, so the law is vague in some of these areas, but up next, let's take a look at the possible ramifications for Facebook and Cambridge Analytica. Did they break the law? And if so, what kind of legal trouble will they really face? We're talking about the social media privacy scandal and how Facebook and Cambridge Analytica manipulated users. With us are a few distinguished gentlemen, Rafael Perez, an intellectual property attorney in Miami, and Jonathan Silva, an information security and data privacy expert. So let's talk about the legal ramifications, Raphael. What are the possibilities? The FTC, they can conduct a, an independent investigation to ascertain whether the notice provided to Facebook users by Facebook was unfair. So they could be fined by the FTC. Again, it's a possibility. Do you think we'll see any justice done? In other words, do you think the strong arm of the law will come down and protect individual users? The social media industry is not regulated like the banking industry or the medical industry, which means that the users of social media cannot count on strong government laws to protect them against the disclosure of content posted on social media. So for social media, I would tend to say that there's a very limited right to privacy which is controlled by the terms of use of the particular social media platform. There you have it. Very little protection. You're swimming in unregulated waters. And I've said this before. What needs to happen? 
I think that the privacy policies, as I keep mentioning, need to be stronger as a whole. So I think we'll see a lot of changes in the future. That's a good thing for some people, but for businesses, maybe not. You know, that's why we have the Better Business Bureau to hold companies accountable for the actions. We're free to conduct business as we choose. There's at least the appearance of integrity. And if I take matters into my own hands and I set my profile to be completely private, I'm sure that Facebook can still use my information to market to me. To a point, it never actually goes away fully. There are still some general basics such as gender. Uh, there's some real basic information that they can still hold on to if it's you know, locked up in private. All right, Rafael, let's switch gears. Going from personal to politics, do you think the public vote can actually be swayed? like by an entity who uses profile information to try and influence election outcomes. I think so, but not in a manner that is direct. So, for example, a company such as Cambridge, they can harvest or make use of harvested data, uh, run some analytics on it and figure out where it would be more appropriate to spend dollars in doing a particular campaign. But does that in and of itself actually affect the vote? Most of us already know who we're going to vote for, regardless of what the press says. It may not be a direct effect on the vote. I think it can work a campaign manager to manage and and spend the campaign dollars in a very effective manner. But that's not so bad, is it? Companies try to get us to buy hamburgers the same way, don't they? Right. And just to be honest, Facebook is an advertising company at the end of the day. That's how they make their money. Um, You know, through these targeted messages, they can really focus on certain groups, uh, certain individuals who may be leaning one way. And if you continue to see negative feedback from party who you just mentioned you might be set on, um, you might actually start to change your mind if you start to see consistent negative comments about or or advertisements about that individual. Um, So in that way, it, it can really change your mind over repetition and time. Yeah, one bad story may press enough hot buttons to actually sway the vote. Exactly. It's going to press the love button. (laughs) Well, let's talk about how that might happen. How do we become targets? Let's say I post a picture of my husband and I. We're hanging out with some friends. We're on vacation in Maui at a sushi bar. That's a really nice visual for me right now, by the way. And I know from experience that I can expect to see an ad for that sushi bar somewhere down the line. Correct. The data, however, the the way in which these algorithms work, most likely they will rely on content that is written. Trying to extract data from a picture, that would take a lot more work, but potentially that could happen. Now, if you have a comment or if anyone else posts a comment, then it's easier just to gather intelligence from the comments. And on the terms of use of many social media sites. If you actually make your content publicly available, then that's fair game. Any advice here, Jonathan? Now, the first thing that comes to my mind is now that's public. Facebook affiliates have the ability to use that for their marketing purposes. And you know, someone with a large following such as yourself, you take that picture and now you can use that. It kind of looks like you may be a brand ambassador uh, to that specific brand. Also, if you tag all those individuals that you're with, now that actually expands that information or, or the contacts for all of those people for that specific ad as well. Uh, the first thing that actually came to my mind was a little bit separate was even checking in at an event like this shows you're on vacation, which is another security issue. Now everybody knows your house is empty you know, while you're on vacation. 
What you say about tagging people is interesting. You're not doing anybody any favors by tagging your friends, that's for sure. Now that the cat is out of the bag, some people are gonna wanna escape. Some people will stay. I actually deactivated my personal Facebook account months ago. But for those who wanna bow out of Facebook entirely, they wanna disconnect, can it truly happen? Uh, there's two options when you want to remove yourself from Facebook. The first, you have the option to deactivate your account. This essentially gives Facebook still the permission to continue to use your information for advertising purposes. And then, of course, there's always the second option, which not many people probably will do because they do enjoy using Facebook, is completely deleting your account, which has a permanent solution and it actually can't be reversed. So it sounds like even if someone does leave Facebook, the damage is done. The information's recorded, it's stored in some massive database somewhere and probably sold eight times from Sunday. Uh, maybe we waited too long, I don't know. But is it too late? Well, Kim, it's never too late to act, but there's a risk that content that has been made public will be retained in a database of images which can be accessed to Google, Yahoo, or Bing. Uh, if a user feels uneasy about historical content posted on social media, the user may be able to delete the account and open a new one with a more restricted set of privacy settings. Or, ultimately, the user could send a notification to the social media platform or the applications available through the social media platform requesting removal of the content. I saw a video on YouTube about this. I don't know if it's real or not, but someone said that when she sent in her request, Facebook responded by telling her that they could use her information however they saw fit. Basically, go fly a kite. The process to delete the account sometimes can take actually up to 90 days. I don't know personally if that's a marketing tool for somebody to maybe change their mind. However, it doesn't completely remove all your previous conversations with other users. So there is still, even though you delete your account, a tiny bit of information that can be tied back to you. Jonathan, anything you want to add about getting a divorce from Facebook? Is it even possible? Now, of course, there's always the option to move to the mountains and throw everything into the river, but that's not very practical. Everybody is very social media embedded at this point. But there are a few things you can do. Facebook, through the Messenger app, now has a private message you can send, which is actually encrypted from one end to the other end. You, there's browser extensions you can actually use. You know, there's free websites so that cookies actually can't track you. And also be aware of the phishing email and it, it looks curious and tempting to click on, but as soon as you click on that, it could download some malicious malware to your computer. Um, I do want to add also, you know, companies to protect themselves. Uh, Boston College has a cybersecurity program now that the FBI is actually directly involved with, and the director was actually there last week, on cybersecurity governance and policies. So that's a huge program I did want to just give a shout out to because they're doing some great things over there at Boston College. And I went to Boston University, so it takes a lot for me to say that. <laughs> well, that's all good stuff. Thanks, Jonathan. But on a serious note, this is something everyone should be thinking about. Is it illegal for somebody to find a picture of me on the web and then post it in a derogatory or even an inappropriate way? If the person that uses the content may be held liable under the copyright laws. So for example, let's say that I take a picture of myself and you know, there, there are gonna be copyrights that are associated with that picture. So Facebook, for example, they don't claim ownership over that content. It's really the user that owns that content. So potentially anyone else posting that picture 
outside of Facebook, let's say, or any other social media, may be held liable under the copyright laws. However, if it's just a matter of sharing a picture or content on Facebook, then Facebook and many other social media platforms, they have a really broad license that gives them the right not only to display your image on their platform, but to also sub-license and have others post the picture that you originally posted. Good to know. So what are you going to do now to help people protect themselves? Well, Kim, again, I own a law firm and our team can enforce or defend against claims related to the theft of confidential information or trade secrets. That's one of the things that we do. We also help companies create data security plans to make sure that the company is in compliance with state and federal regulations related to data privacy. And we also assist with the drafting of terms of use and privacy notices for websites. Even though my office is based out of Miami, we actually have a national practice. All right, Rafael, thanks for joining us and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you, Kim. All right, Jonathan, I need you to stick around for just a sec. I was speaking with another lawyer about the upcoming privacy policy update that's supposed to happen around May 28th. Anybody doing business on the web really needs to know about this. It's super important. It could revolutionize online protection as we know it today. Can you tell us more about what's going on? Yes, yeah. So they're trying to do, in London specifically that area, they're trying to do one privacy policy that really holds individuals accountable. The General Data Privacy Regulation, I believe, it's GDPR. It's a London privacy policy that's been set to come out for some time now. And it's really going to hold companies accountable for personal identifiable information that's collected. And this is a huge rollout. There's a lot of consultants right now in this space uh, because many companies here in the United States also do work over there as well. There's a pretty high fee if you uh, do not comply. So it should be interesting to see what comes down the line in May. But I, I certainly would take a look at the GDPR. Even if you just Google it, there's a ton of good information out there. Okay, you heard the man. Google it and learn a lot because May will be here before you know it. Thanks for joining us, Jonathan. Thank you very much, Kim. It was a pleasure. So now you know, most apps and programs require you to interface with Facebook. If you agree, they get total access to all of your contacts, your microphone, your camera, your posts, and more. Boom, just like that. But here's the catch. If you agree, you agree. You don't have to agree. Internet culture writer Asia Romano put it very well when she said, Facebook has far outstripped the moniker of social media. If we think about the internet as a global system, then Facebook is a global world power. With such global power comes monumental social responsibility, requiring major global leadership and oversight, as well as an increased self-scrutiny, accountability from Facebook itself. It does not, however, require you to quit Facebook. So we're talking about global leadership and oversight. Some think we need it, some say we don't. I lean towards learning how to protect myself without having to rely on the government or a larger entity. If they want to come in and help, fine. But I think the key word for all of us here is responsibility. After all, America is still the land of the free, last time I checked. And with freedom comes responsibility. No one can force you to join Facebook. But hey, if you don't mind being a target for all kinds of marketing, enjoy yourself, have a great time, live it up, so to speak. Because no matter how you shake it, social media, as we know today, still holds the most of the cards. But again, ultimately, a lot of this depends on you. 
Every single day, I post the latest tech news updates, scam alerts, buying guides, financial advisories, medical issues, plus a huge list of our most trusted tech products all on the website at commando.com. I don't do it for my health, I can assure you. I do it so that you have daily access to the information that you need to live a digital responsible life. So please take advantage of commando.com. Listen to the Kim Commando show. That's my weekend radio show so that nobody can take advantage of you. I'm Kim Commando, America's digital pro, reminding you that you still have a choice and make it count today. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 